Hello, welcome to ZX Spectrum, a very echoey ZX Spectrum. Today we're in a, a different room, so please excuse the echo. My name is Lizzie Hodgson. Uh, my name is Brandon Ralph. And ZX Spectrum, we um, explore the intergenerational sort of uh, impact of uh, technology, marketing, media, digital from two perspectives. Uh, Brandon is Generation Z, I'm Generation X. And Brandon, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, today we're going to talk about... Um, LGBT, and uh, we've just recently come back from Brighton Pride this weekend uh, when we're filming this, uh, and we want to talk about all the things sort of commercial around it and how uh, how different companies and such and how the community works around it. So it's quite a controversial topic mm-hmm. because this is a uh, issue area that has raged in the LGBTQ plus communities. Um, mm-hmm. I. As a, for full kind of like clarity, I'm gay myself and have worked for Pride London in the past many, many years ago. So I'm interested in this because I do have some opinions around this as well. But it is a hugely contentious topic, isn't it? Yeah, it's something that I think uh, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm not in, in, in that sort of community space. But uh, we, you know, it, it's become sort of some prominent, definitely in the area we live in. Um, Brighton is known to sort of be the capital of, of that sort of community. And um, we, I think there's been a huge sort of, uh, a sort of shift, particularly with this year, of, uh, you know, Britney Spears coming and uh, having sort of a, a different, almost like it, it's, I think it's put Brighton Pride on the map a humongous amount more on sort of an international scale than, than it's ever been before. Yeah. So, I mean, having Britney here was... Tremendous. It was, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was astonishing, little Brighton, Britney Spears. Yeah. But, but beyond that, um, I think the other thing that kind of like, and I know I don't have much experience of going to other prides around the UK, yeah, but having compared my experience with London Pride, and London Pride on its own has, has um, you know, a, a lot of great things about it. But Brighton Pride, I think it's also because we live in this area and I live in Brighton, this Pride does feel like it has a bit more of a community feel. Yeah, it almost, it, for me, it feels like when you look at, say, a city like London or something like that, we have, there's a lot going on in London, whereas I feel like LGBT is sort of in the roots of Brighton. Um, and uh, I think it goes on to the, the point of, of how brands celebrate LGBT, but I think LGBT is something that is celebrated for the whole year here. It's not something that's just on one day. And I think it's also interesting as well that Brighton, I think, continuously chooses to hold their Pride Day outside of Pride Month, and they always do because Pride Month is, I think, June or July, and they but they always hold it sort of August time in the summer, and I think that sort of shows the movement on on this is more than just you know celebrating about Pride. This is sort of a festival for people here, mm-hmm. and I think that's also reflected in the fact that. Um, you can get tickets earlier on for like, I think they start for the festival at like £15 or mm-hmm. something like that so if you buy them really on. Yeah. So if you're invested in Pride in the community and, and, and it's designed in, in an event for the community first and then other people afterwards. So yeah, I think that that's, that's correct. And I think the other thing you feel here is that it is, you know, f- families go straight people go, you know, people from the whole of this, the whole spectrum yeah. rock along. And I do find that it's, it's far more inclusive. And there's a buzz about the city, and, and if you go down the different streets, different oh, shops, yeah. you know, it's amazing. Their, <laughs> in, in the week before the event, 
flags out. I mean, if anybody's listening to this that has never been to Brighton Pride, I'd like recommend coming down because it's more. I think we look at you look at say the Britney thing this year, and fifty thousand people um, were, were at the actual you know festival there. But over the sort of town, there was you know four hundred fifty thousand, probably nearing on half a million people, and there's things that go along in the streets and different things that happen all throughout the day. That like um, it's more that it's always more it's more than just the festival, yeah. and it's there's different village areas and there's just loads to do, and it's all about everybody. And and that's that's the whole thing. But obviously, to do that costs. Yeah. Quite a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have actually, we have here uh, up on our screen, we have the financial report from last year, um, which isn't, isn't uh, this year hasn't come out yet. Um, but last year, the production costs of, of Pride were £1.1 million, which is a lot of money. <laughs> um, and because Pride doesn't actually, I think they, they are, they're a community interest company. So they... The money they make, they spend. So it's not like they're there to make a big profit or anything like that. So ticket prices are set, reflective on their costs and, and, and as such. And um, you'll notice that then the money they make pretty much match, matches up with the money they spend. Um, and there's a huge amount of cost that goes into this. Um, and, and I think it brings on the important point that ticket sales and, and things like that can only go a certain extent. And it wouldn't make sense for a big event like this to not really have sponsorship. Well, I think also the sponsorship brings to it um, the, 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 the idea that if we want to... I mean, I'm, I'm of the opinion that if we want to make real change, you have to get sort of like the, the other organisations, brands, commercial organisations involved. And I know that that is a real sticking point for a lot of people because... You know, Pride was built out of protest, and mm. political protest, and quite rightly so. Um, but in order for there to be a dialogue that reaches other people who are, aren't perhaps educated in that, I do think that corporations and brands play a role in that. Now, there's an argument that all they want is, you know, the, I think it's called the pink pound, but I don't think that that is really bounded back too much <laughs> now. So, you know, that they saw that, that gay people had disposable income and things like that. But I don't see it as that anymore. I see it as you want these events. We do want these events. We want to have these celebrations. To put them onto the scale at which now there is an expectation around them takes a lot of money. There is also a point that I always... When people say, oh, it's too corporate, it's too this, I tend to say, but where do you work? Who do you work for? And they usually work for a corporation or a company or a, you know, yeah. a private company. And I'm, and I'm saying, so... Wouldn't you want to have them know that you know they are about diversity, about inclusivity, and wouldn't you want them to put their money where their mouth is? Yeah. So that's my kind of like I reason, think as, you know push well, like, that. We you spend they they do give physical money. Do you get me on on the basis that that they hope to get something back from it, but like they they give money in, in a sense to this in a way that's like that's trying to put their brand on sort of a certain pedestal, but it's a, I think, a pedestal that all brands should be stood on anyway. Yeah, I mean, why, why, <laughs> why would we say to companies, no, we don't... I mean, unless... There are some companies out there that I don't think are, are too attractive for the LGBTQ plus communities. However, 
if you are looking at this from a purely pragmatic point of view, wouldn't you want companies to say, do you know what, we need to work harder with you in our community? And this isn't, for many organisations, this isn't just a, here's a bit of money. There are, there are structures within that organisation that means that they have to follow through with you know, yeah. things, and they usually have, you know, they might have committees on there, they might have advisory boards on there, they might have you know, training opportunities on there. This is... This is still part of, for me, still part of the education and the humanising of the LGBTQ communities. Yeah. Because particularly now, I think more than ever we need those big companies to step up. To step up when we are seeing, particularly in the US, the dismantling of the uh, acceptance, you know, the banning of, of trans soldiers in the US Army. We are seeing the dismantling of those structures. So. In a way, we must kind of like push for more engagement because they're the ones with the power at the end of the day for governments to understand where change can come. Yeah, and I think it's extremely important as well that like uh, Brighton Pride is run by a sort of community interest company and it's overseen by a charity as well. So when brands and, and such are there, I think there is the expectation and I'm, I'm you know, confident this follows through that the brands will be kept in check and, and it will be done in sort of a fair and sort of like well-represented way so it wouldn't be like, you know, everything everywhere it's done in a constructive way that's constructive for the festival um, because the company, cause, because it's not looking to just make lots of money, the money that it does raise will go towards making the festival even better than what it is already. And there's the charity the Rainbow Fund, isn't there? Yeah. So this means that, and I think maybe some people aren't too familiar with that side of stuff because they see Pride as this big old festival weekend, you know, sparkles and glitter and fun and all of that, when actually there is a serious element to this as well, which the corporate money does actually fund. Yeah, like le I'm, I'm pretty sure the leftover sort of profits go towards the charity. And the charities as well, if they're doing fundraising throughout, or the companies, sorry, as well, if they're doing fundraising throughout, the money goes towards the charity. And I know uh, Brian Pride give out grants and stuff like that to local groups and things like that out of the money that they also raise. I think uh, on their website, it says that they've raised uh, over £450,000 in the last like five years for, for content like this um, to help you know, support... Um, different uh, things yeah so they do the rainbow fund grant which is where they basically give out um money to uh different youth projects and different things mainly i think in the brighton area because this is you know this, this is, is our local event and uh, they allocate money and they allocate awards which directly comes from money that they raise yeah. through fundraising and through, through sort of yeah. the event itself. But there, the, the, the criticism of, of this, though, the criticism that is squared at many prides, is that there, it maybe has gone a little bit too far from its roots, its political roots. And, and I'm not saying party political, but political as in, you know, there are many, many ills that are, are done against LGBTQ+. And we're seeing a... It, what we're also seeing is a rising... Um, transphobia within the community though there's a particular area of, of some lesbians who radical feminists who believe that you know trans men are not trans men are not are not men and trans women are not women and that kind of like I think that that sort of can can sometimes put people off wanting to have a 
a discussion around the other issues that are happening within the community for fear of being shouted down because we don't have a very um, a very simple way of discussing things. Yeah, I think I think it's always difficult with like issues around that. Like I think uh, when uh, when tickets were going live on on Brighton Pride this year and they the originally Brighton Pride had had it hosted on their site and obviously with the with Britney Spears headlining the event. Uh, the site went down within, you know, seconds um, and couldn't cope with it. And there was lots of outrage on social media and that sort of thing. And I think there was this this conception online that, that people felt uh, that because they were part of a certain community or something like that, that they were entitled to tickets and they were entitled to come. And I think they kind of, those sort of people in a way missed the point of the event because the point of the event isn't to necessarily just go to the festival it's about the whole weekend and lots of you know the parade which is a humongous part of the event is is free for everybody to watch anyway and and i don't think you should be like coming down like i would still come to pride if we didn't have like festival tickets if we were just we'd just come well, I've done, to enjoy I did it. last year I didn't go to the festival part I just you know looked, watched the parade had a wonderful time yeah. hung about in, in the town went to the, the I think the family area that was in the centre of, of Brighton we hung out there with our friends and their, their kids so yeah but there is also I mean just I just need to push a little bit the, the flip side to all this is there was there was that video that was shown up, I don't know if you saw it up on screen, when it was a very serious kind of like, this is why this matters on Saturday. So Bright, Brighton Pride showed a video, it was about a five minute video of terrible things that are happening around the world for LGBTQ plus people. I don't think I saw that no, video. It was, and it, and it, was, it was an astonishing piece of work. And that, I thought, was really important for them to play because it's not just about people, you know, as I say, you know, wrapping up in, in, in feather bows and wearing platform heels. It's, this is more, it is, it is as well as that. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the fact that we, we were having the freedom to do it kind of like really hit home to me as I was watching up there. And, you know, they were going through the list of all the Commonwealth countries that still don't have, where homosexuality is, is, is illegal, you know. And there are many, many of them, 80, uh, I think 80 something. Countries oh gosh. are, you know, are still are still seen where homosexuality is, is, is illegal. Yeah. So I think uh, we live in a country though where homosexuality is kind of like there. We were one of the first major countries to push gay marriage through, and I know in two thousand and eleven uh, the government pardoned everybody that they'd ever prosecuted for you know being gay in the past, and uh, I think cross-politically, we keep the, the, the sort of a stronger sort of message. And we have, the UK have some of the strongest sort of like uh, diversity sort of laws in the, in the world um, in terms of employment and how you pick people. And uh, we were also one of the first countries to introduce them as well. Um, the, the UK does a, does a great job in sort of keeping legally diversity in check, whether it's fully administered in a way that the laws are there in place already, which lots and lots of countries yeah. unfortunately fall behind so, on. Just for clarity, it's 37 of the Commonwealth countries. 37, 37 okay. There aren't, there aren't even 80. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was like 60-something yeah, well, countries. I mean, I yeah. lost my notes for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, and, and with that, you know, but you've also got if companies are supporting us in this country for 
prides, you know, should they therefore be looking at supporting them in countries where it's more difficult to do? Yeah, because I think, I think Brighton as a platform and as a place is very easy to promote something like Pride, um, just because it's in the foundation and the roots. But like having it elsewhere, but like where I live, which is in Eastbourne, in recent years they've started a Pride. Um, so they have a Pride weekend, which was a few weekends ago. And, you know, it's nowhere near sort of Brighton it's, or anything like that. It's but good. it's the start yeah. of something that will grow, hopefully, in the future. Yeah. It sort of has been getting better and better each year. And what kind of relationship does that Pride have with its community? Is it inclusive? Is it, you know, does it... Is yeah, it well, it, well, it's design, It's a free event. So you just have to, you have to register for tickets beforehand, obviously, for sort of security to check that how many people are coming and things like that but it's free and it's designed to you know get people out of houses and it has quite a good reception um, but it falls behind obviously as somebody that goes to say Brian Pride it's nowhere near you to that level care, yet yeah I know you um, and it's I think it, but like I think importantly and I don't know if you agree with this I think I love the idea of Pride but I think Pride in the future will, will shift, and I'm seeing this shift now more than anything, is like away from just being about LGBTQ+, and more about being diversity and about everybody. Well, that's an interesting one, because I think that there is, uh, I still believe that the, there is still a, a fight that needs to be had for the LGBTQ+, yeah. plus community. You know, I still get homophobic abuse. And I quite like the idea that there is something that is still pushing that narrative that we have to... I don't think... I think diversity and inclusivity is absolutely where we should all be going full mm -hmm. stop. But I do think that, that there is a particular kind of... Um, there is a particular kind of prejudice against the LGBT plus community but and within those there's a prejudice against particular people within that community so I think that celebrating diversity is one thing but I still do feel that there is still a place for this mm -hmm. specifically I mean in time hopefully we can get to yeah. a place one day in where time this is, we shouldn't yeah. we should just be celebrating how how has how has how has your treatment sort of been changed since say when you were younger to well I only, today? I only really came out in my early 20s okay um, so you didn't go through sort of well, I didn't come out, well, but I didn't come out because there was nobody, there was nobody to, yeah. there, was no, there was no role models, there was no kind of like, you didn't look, you looked on telly and all the all gay people would be gay men yeah. in power, you know, in, in positions of, you know, actors or TV presenters, there was nothing, and also there was no articulation, there was no conversation to be had where I grew up around that, yeah. so you don't, and I think that's why this is still important. It's yeah. still important because there are still people who are going to be in a small village in the middle of Wiltshire or a small village in the middle of Yorkshire or even a big village or a big town or something who are still going to feel isolated about this. I think, I think it does as well. And it's like, I think there was an important story recently about this 14-year-old boy that was uh, denied the ability to perform in his talent show that he'd actually helped organise, um, that... Uh, he'd been, he'd wanted to do, you know, a drag performance. Yeah. Um, he was gay himself openly. And uh, I think, I think that was a sort of a big sort of screw to his school because once that was out there, he was invited along to, I think, Drag World UK and then he was invited along to Pride as well. Um, and I think 
it's kind of from from me from being in school. I think I I know lots of people that have come out now in school, and I think the the sort of events like Pride and things like that help help I think move that view and sort of make it more sort of like an appropriate view. And I don't and I I. I know very, very, very few people that are even like are against the LGBT community. But I think that that is also because of your, you know, you, where your home life is probably, you know, your parents are probably um, open and kind of like educate you in diversity. Your, you yourself are quite an open-minded person. Yeah. You also are, surround yourself with people who think similar things, don't you? We all do. But but I do. But I do think that even the people that I don't surround myself with in schools and colleges and such. And I went to college in Brighton, but I did go to school in like Eastbourne. Is there is sort of a, a quite a big sort of acceptance and almost nowadays, if I'm honest, like a bit less of a like even like I don't mean this in a mean way, but like nobody really. Cares. I like that. Though. Do you get me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but I think that that's just the thing, and that's why the again comes back to this is why this is important. Visibility matters. Yeah. And inclusivity matters, and you know. And brands. And brands. You know, that. and I know this. <laughs> brands being doing having that matters. If you, if I knew that you know a brand was that that sold a particular, I don't know whatever it was, I'd seen them because they'd supported an LGBTQI initiative or something, I would feel a little bit more attached to that. Not because they're, I'm thinking, oh, they're really cool and they can get, they can get my money or whatever. <laughs> it, it, would, it would be a genuine, that's something I can hold on to, that actually they are talking to me and they accept me. And that is the important thing. And so I think that brands do have a place in that. And, and companies and organisations do have a responsibility. You know, you go into some companies um, and they'll say, I think, LGBT ally. ally. Uh, um, so, you know, they'll have a little... Uh, instead of it, so they're openly kind of like supporting their, their um, peers and their colleagues in that way. So it, visibility matters. Banning the drum matters, and also reinforcing the idea that um, you are not alone matters, and that is the huge draw for prides. Yeah, and I think I think I don't. I, I would like to think that pride pride is going to get bigger and bigger. How? I, um, <laughs> but I think we we like, uh, and I think what happened with the train situation and stuff like that over the over the weekend demonstrated that maybe we're not quite at a point where the city can actually hold it any bigger. Do you get me? Yeah. Where like the infrastructure that we have is maybe starting to dwindle down and we're struggling with that. Um, but Pride is like such a I think it's such a statement of the year here. And it's such but it's something that I think just it's just so prevalent throughout the year. I agree with you. I agree with you. And it's, and, it's, it, it, and again, I keep saying I'm a gay woman. But, <laughs> but you know, but I mean, I am going to talk about my experiences, aren't I? Yeah. I don't feel um, in any, and I, and please, I like this. I don't feel special here. I don't feel like I stick out here. Yeah, you definitely. I don't like, feel, I, I didn't even know. I don't think I knew you were gay until maybe until I've probably met like 
met your fiance. It's yeah. Like, like, and I didn't even. <laughs> it was never even like, like it wasn't. I was like, oh, okay. But I, don't, <laughs> but I don't announce it. I very rarely announce it. Yeah. Because it just is. And, it just and is what it is. It just is what it is. And so when people, I have been asked, you know, have I got a husband and things like that? And I'll say, well, I'm engaged. She's called Holly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and but, but that has taken a lot of kind of, um, acceptance of myself to get to that point where I don't feel I have to go, oh God, everybody, I'm gay, and you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. because now it's like it just is, and this is this is a place where you feel like, and it, and and I don't think this is a unique this place. I don't think Brian's unique no. in that. I I would like to think that there are many other places, but again, it comes back to um, if we if it, if it's ingrained in the kind of culture that everybody is equal that we are, human rights are for all, that we are, you know, we are all open to all different kinds of, you know, people that make up society. Yeah, and I think we always, and we like, you spin that into sort of say what the UN are doing with the UN, Sustainable Development Goals, it's all about, you know, removing stigmas and having equal playing fields for everyone, and I think equal positions, and I know I know that the, the struggle with sort of LGBT and, and I, I think I think there was never we can never get a hundred percent acceptance right. No. But I don't think you can get a hundred percent acceptance right about anything. No, because, ever. Because, <laughs> because complex little things yeah. and we are influenced by many, many different things. Not everybody I've met is cool about me but I'm not probably you know that but that's their problem this is the other thing is that I've I push it back and I go that's that's theirs to own and and that again is something that I think that I come keep coming back to pride and visibility and it's you are who you are yeah. and owning that and celebrating it but I think that um, it's fear ultimately that why people are prejudiced fear of difference yeah People don't like people that are different to them. But I do think, like, looking at... And uh, we've got uh, the Boohoo website up, which was oh, yeah. the major sponsor of that. And do you know what? I will give props to Boohoo in the sense that, like, they've not 30% off the price of the stuff. And what they're selling, I would say, is not that expensive. Yeah. Would you say, like, £8.40 with 30, like, 30% off for, like, a T-shirt? Like... They're doing like love is love, but they're not like putting huge markups. I would say necessarily on on content around it. Do you get me? Mm. Like that is not expensive for a t-shirt. But can I also say what's wrong with all of those images? Uh, they're they're all probably they're, they're male and female straight Every white single one people. Of them, they, <laughs> they look like they're just yeah. straight white couple. Yeah. I mean, that's the first thing that struck me when I looked at it. Straight white couples. There is not one... There's not one image there of a, of a different coupling or a different, you know, ethnic group or a different... There's no diversity there. Yeah. I think the difficulty is, as you can see with this, with this campaign, they chose to just pick two people. They're the same two people in every single photo. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to have you know, people like that, but then to have a, a wider range of people. So they shouldn't have just limited themselves to having two models. They should have had 
they're sort of a variety of models. <laughs> they should be reflecting the community with which they're trying to connect with. Yeah. Um, and obviously we don't know how well these sold. I mean, they might both be like gay, that. we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but and we, we might be being judgmental with these people, but it's, it's like, it gives the appearance. I think for selling something that's sort of like meant to be a diversity thing, they're not, these pictures don't necessarily scream out diversity. But their campaign is about love, it's love, and I think, you know, you could, it still to an extent represents the love is love. And it's about the t-shirts, not always, you know, about more than just the models. Mm. Um, but I will give props to be here, they obviously, I don't quite know how much they, they gave Pride in terms of sponsorship or anything like that. But the fact that they're the first headline sponsor of Pride, I would guess is a good amount of money. Um, to help support the event. And yeah, they've come back to commercialise it, but they haven't, like, I, I would say for a design like this, on a like, more sort of indie site, you could end up selling for like £25 or something like that. Mm. Whereas they've kept the prices quite low, and I think in hopes that, you know, people will be able to wear them and have them. Yeah. They just need to get their... They just need to get their... Messaging right. Yeah. I don't quite know what... The, this is the thing that confuses me, like, I, I think Boohoo have done a fantastic job in some areas, but it's like, something simple like this, you would have thought that they've done everything, they've probably gone through a humongous process to, to, to put money into Pride, they've gone through a humongous process to produce this Love is Love range, um, and, and then they've gone and got models for it, and they've only got non-diverse models. They could have, that was, it's like one little simple thing that kind of, but that reflects quite a lot on, on their sort of campaign. Right. So people need to hit Lizzie and I up next year. Yeah. They when they to, sponsor well, actually, me, I think they need to, I think they need to talk to their, more of a demographic, because I'm not a demographic. But... Yeah, they need to talk to their demographic. Yeah. They need to understand yeah. what's going on a bit more. <laughs> so basically, and organisations need to kind of like loop back to their kind of what they've agreed to deliver and who they're delivering to and see it through on all levels, not yeah. just be a brand and a poster and a, and and a, a one day yeah. thing. That it needs to be something that is persistent throughout and something that's aware. And you know, I don't know, you know, we talked about Boohoo, if Boohoo will keep that range up for the foreseeable future or if it was something that they just released for Bright. And I think we're going to see that reflection over the sort of next year. Because I think the fact that we have Britney this year managed to bring on a lot more corporate partners and a lot more awareness for it. And hopefully those sort of partners will be able to um, continue, you know, supporting, you know, other Pride festivals and, you know, hopefully Brighton next year, but also continuing having sort of Pride throughout their company and their culture. And um, I think, yeah, I think that's extremely important. So, Pride next year, beating Britney Spears somehow, making <sighs> the park bigger, putting the trains into yeah. order, and also, can I say, the horrific beach litter. Yeah, that did was, they not clear, was that not cleared up? Well, who clear, who's going to clear it up? Do Pride not contribute 
I don't know, but we did some volunteering on okay. Sunday. I'm not sure how it exactly yeah. works. But I think, uh, that, I think that that needs to also sort of be definitely... Yeah, but I think the consequence, I think the reason there was so much rubbish on the beach was a consequence of yeah. people having to literally stay on the beach for hours and hours because they but stuck really, their trains. But, but my counter-argument to that <laughs> is why can't they pick up... I mean, it was... It was a sea of rubbish. It yeah. was an absolute, and, th- and that I, and it, was, think, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, and I think as well, like there was a sea of rubbish in the festival itself. There was a sea of rubbish, I think. On, but the on difference, the, the difference, but is the difference is the sea goes into the exactly. sea. Exactly, the sea of rubbish oh. goes into the sea. Yeah. The, behind the parade, they clear up as they go, and yeah. then with the park, they have the big teams that clear it. This is public space that where the sea will come in and take all of that rubbish away and it's pollution, but it was, I mean, I could do a whole podcast on that kind of stuff as well, and, you know, responsibility <laughs> lies, but it was shocking, it was shocking. Yeah, well, I think it's one of those, it's like, it's trying to draw, oh, we got a little kip over there, it's trying to draw, like, who, like, because the problem is, when the rubbish came, uh, the bulk of the rubbish on there was a Saturday night, and we're talking like it came at like midnight or whatever, and that's an extremely hard time to do anything about it there and then. And I think next year it's going to be sort of forward planning and able to do that because in some sense it doesn't matter if you if it takes you twenty four hours to clear the road, but with something with the tides coming in and out, that was it with the tides and the wind to, and the seagulls and the seagulls are terrible down there if you. Seagulls. <laughs> can, but whose fault is it with the seagulls? Yeah, there's people's fault in there. It, it pretty much. Yeah. Around well, I mean, like the seagulls. Everything. The seagulls here are so like I was having a donut the other week and I had one bite out of it. I've got it in my hand and this like cheeky seagull just literally flew past and took it out of my hand. And there was a whole different like cultured way of yeah, doing yeah. it. But when you've got rubbish on the beach like yeah. that, it's really, really. It's. it's it's really bad for the environment. Like it's not, and I don't know if the mix was if it was like plastics or glass. What, on or the whatever. beach? Yeah. It was plastic. It was glass. It was um, canisters for balloons because people were doing balloons on the beach. It was balloons themselves. It was bottles. It was pla- um, can of cans. It was can rings. It was the plastic things that hold the cans together. It was plastic bags. It was food carriers. It was food. It was um, sandwich bags. Everything. Every, oh, it was, it, it was, think, it was think, clothing. It was, it was so much. I think, yeah, because I think it's just, it's just a huge mission and something that they need to consider for next year. <laughs> they need to consider for next year, but also I think people need to take more responsibility. But on that note, yeah. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Lizzie. And we will be posting the next one in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and where can people find you, Lizzie? You can find me at lizziehodgson.com. And you can find me at brandonralph.com. I like how we have quite simple yeah, sort of domain names. Um, um, we, we hope you've enjoyed it this week. Um, and I guess as well, if you guys have any sort of feedback or ideas for topics or anything like that, we post these on sort of uh, on all the social media. So you can get us on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. Um, and just or shoot us an email and, and any sort of ideas around it about what you want to discuss and what you want to hear our views on. And we also want to start interviewing more people. Yeah, we want guests on the show. Guests so if you want to be a guest on the show or you think you know somebody cool that's really a guest on the show, get in touch uh, through sort of all the channels um, and through one of us and I'm sure we can you know, start that conversation.
Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Lizzie. Have a good week. And you.